Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, before we get the show started, I wanted to let you know we are giving away a bunch of brand new black magic gear. Yeah, cameras, switchers, DaVinci Resolve licenses, a bunch of awesome stuff. So stay tuned to learn how you can enter to win free gear from Black Magic, and we're going to tell you all about it later on in this episode. Now cue the music. Hey everybody, Matt here. This is a bonus episode. It's the Q&A from our live episode at Adaptive Studios. We'll be back with a regular episode later this week, but in case you wanted to hear the Q&A, here it is. Thanks again for coming, everyone. Awesome. Well, before we sign off, I want to just mention, I mean, what, I don't know if this will make the final edit or not, but just for the people in this room, because, um, you know, hopefully we can hang out and chat and network and stuff. We have a lot of people here that have been on the podcast before, yeah, so I just want to hands. point them out. Um, we got Ben Caro, we got Jarrett Lee Conway, who else do we have? We have Avi Rothman. Eric Crapeau. Eric Crapeau, our old editor is right there. We have Ulrich Bursell from Making Movies is Hard. Um, anyone else here been on the podcast? Jody McVeigh Schultz. Oh, Jody. What up, Jody? Um, we have our wives here, Kara and Chrissy, over here on the couch. Um, we talk about you guys a lot. Uh, and so, cool. So hopefully we can all chat. Yeah. And we have Kate, obviously. You already know that. Um, Shall we move into Q&A? Uh, yeah. That was, that's before. Yes. Oh, I so, yes. That. So, guys, we're going to do a Q&A now, just for a few minutes. If you have no questions, that's fine. Matt and Lo will ask them. Yeah, finally. Um, uh, so my question is, what episode of The 100 did you direct? I did two. I did uh, one in, epi- in season one called Day Trip, episode 108, where they all took a bunch of nuts and went, you know, crazy. And then I did one episode in uh, season three. Um, God, I'm trying to remember what, what the fuck happened on that. It was the good one. It was episode 310. All I, remember, all I, remember is, is I remember the number, 310. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. cool. Hey, thank you guys all for doing this. This was really fun. Um, my question is, uh, when you're between projects and you kind of have an open slate, uh, what's your process of choosing uh, what you do next? Um, and uh, yeah, just what, what draws you to the next thing and how do you commit to that? Uh, money. No, I'm just kidding. Um, sometimes. But no, uh, I guess for me, it's uh, what I want to spend time on the most, if that makes sense. So usually what I'm doing, I, I tend to like keep myself constantly working to the point where I, I don't go on vacation except for around the holidays, kind of bad. But, uh, so when I'm home, I like to just kind of veg out and then catch up with people. And then, uh, I'm lucky commercial side. I have people who are sending me scripts and then, uh, digital side and TV side, it's about reaching out to people and I'll get scripts in. And if I like it, it's, it's gotta be something I want to spend time on, especially since it's not something that I'm making that I wrote myself. So it's uh, it's usually I work as a director for hire a lot of times. So if it's either a, a show that I've always wanted to work on or it's 
uh, working with a writer or a production company I want to work with, then I'll work with on it. Um, or it's just it's got to be a really good story or really funny or or something like that. So when I'm free, it's about finding the next job any way I can, and then that job is determined by a lot of a lot of things. I guess I don't know. But you're saying you're saying sort of like if the phone doesn't ring. How do you spend oh, your time? Uh, right? Then it, yeah. for me, it's it's going out and talking to people that I know. So I have, fortunately, I have contacts outside of like minor circle, uh, like Katie here, for instance. We used to work together at College Humor, and now she's here. So I didn't know that till Matt brought it up the other day, and I'm like, oh, so I was gonna email her, and I'm here, so I could just talk to her, which is great. Um, but when that doesn't happen, it's it's. Oh, I, used, I worked with this guy a while back, or I worked with her a while back. What are they up to? Just a simple email. Hey, I just did this thing, and and that's kind of how I kind of generate it. Uh, aside from getting being in a fortunate position, sometimes. Cool. What about you, Melissa? Do you write when you have nothing going on? Yeah, I mean, the nice thing about writing is that <clears throat> you can just write um, on your own. You don't need other people. But I think that's usually if it's if I don't have a bigger job lined up, I'll write something short that I can shoot and that's easy to shoot. Um, or I'll kind of like Matt was saying, I'll get coffee with people that I haven't seen in a while that I also that I've worked with in the past um, just to kind of like get um, stuff out there I also have like an on again off again writers group that I'll like I'll just get really antsy and be like who can I talk to that can force me to work I like being painted into a corner Mm -hmm. and being like I can do this and then I all of a sudden have to do it so I try to commit to something even if it's unpaid yeah, yeah I, I try. I try. Besides all that, you know, it's like travel too. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's, a, if it's like a short trip or a long trip, just to like go experience something new, meet new people. Yeah. You know, get try to get in trouble and you know generate ideas for stories. Yeah, just let the anxiety well up inside of you. Yeah, tell it. Spend all the money you don't have. That's it. I just stress out. Hey guys, thanks for coming. Uh, really fun hearing you, your uh, your stories. Wanted to know kind of. What you did in the beginning, most of you guys talked about creating your own stuff. How did you form groups? What would, I mean, in terms of getting people together and being like, this is our shared vision, this is what we're trying to accomplish, and getting everyone on board in that way? Um, the first, I mean, I, the very first thing I did was a web series that was kind of one off with a friend. But the second thing I did, which was, more consistent was I and UCB Improv 101. I met like five people that we all just were became friends, and then we're like, let's start a video sketch group because we all wanted to make videos, and so we all just like wore different hats. Sometimes one of us would write the sketch, one of us would direct it, one of us would shoot it, one of us would do costumes and sets, and we would kind of trade off and take on the different roles so that not one person was always stuck doing crafty, you know? Um, and between us, we would all like throw in a hundred bucks or something and we'd have an, and eventually one of them got a camera. So it was enough that like we could <clears throat> do it low budget, but we were able to keep generating. Is that helpful? Yeah. Okay. I think the thing that's tricky on that, you're kind of saying in another way, like not just how do you make friends, but how do you get them to make stuff with you? Right. 
Um, and so I think like giving people incentive, like everyone at UCB is already like down to make stuff. That's why they paid 500 bucks to be in an improv mm -hmm. class, right? So we talk about finding your tribe all the time. So it's like being in a room like this is part of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the other half of it is like n figuring out a way to pay off a favor and have someone do you a favor and kind of how, do, how can you reciprocate that sort of community basically. And slowly I think people will uh, realize like, oh, you know, I thought I wanted to do this, but I really like cameras now, you know, and eventually people kind of fall into those niches and it becomes a little bit easier to crew up. But especially early on, mm -hmm. no one knows what they like, you know, so that's a little tricky. Right. I, I used to trade with Matt Barber. I would lend him film equipment and he would give me editing notes. Um, and you're, you know, his notes are just like really good, like amazing notes, like they can fix a scene. And so to me, it was like, I mean, obviously we're friends also, but that's like an awesome trade, you know. That's the only reason why you ever call me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sometimes he wants you to be on a podcast too. Right? All right. <laughs> um, did, cool. Any? What shows are you binge watching right now? Uh, I'm currently catching up on The Deuce, uh, which is fine. I'm not a big Franco fan, which I have a reason for, which I've told that story off the podcast, and I won't share it with everyone here, unfortunately. But uh, I'm watching that now. I'm finishing Black Mirror, and is there? there's something else that I can't remember that I'm not allowed to watch because my girlfriend wants to watch it too. So, But I don't remember what it is. Uh, but yeah, pretty much everything. Uh, yeah, I'm in a dark place because I've been watching Black Mirror. Um, I think I watched like four episodes in the past couple of days. Uh, I got I had a sinus infection a couple weeks ago, and I watched like two seasons of the show Younger. Don't know if you've heard of that show. It's great. It's oh, it's very soapy. Uh, it's uh, about it's on. Uh, I forget what it was network. TV Land. Yeah. TV Land, and it's uh, Sutton Foster, and she is forty and can't get a job in publishing, so she pretends she's twenty-six. Oh, that sounds And Hillary good, Duff is also on it, that and it's yeah, yeah. great. But also, Mr. Robot. I, I swear, I'm smart. <laughs> um, let's see. I just finished Ozark, oh, yeah. and I, I, I whenever whenever I, there's something with Jason Bateman, I'm like, oh man, it's just you just it's you do the same thing, all, and then he always sucks. It always sucks me in. Yeah. Always. By the end, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was great, you know. But it always it takes that little period just to get, you know, massage back into, like, oh, you're not doing the rest of the development thing. Um, that and the, I just started The Crown. Period drama. Yeah. Yeah. We watch, like, every, you know, Punisher and Black Mirror and Mr. Robot and all the stuff everyone watches. But the thing that my wife and I accidentally watched, like, the whole season of is, uh, or all the seasons, is Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce on Lifetime. Which is uh, surprisingly... Like you could, you know, easy to watch while you're doing other things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I uh, we just finished Miss Maisel, Marvel, the marvelous oh. Miss Maisel, yeah. which is uh, good. I didn't love it. I'll be honest. Yeah, it was like very. Uh, it's hard for me to say. I just didn't connect with it. But I watched all of it still. So that that reminds me, I got one curveball. Uh, JCVD or JC JCVJ Jean Claude Van Johnson, oh, yeah. which is on Amazon. Peter Atencio directed it. It's very fun. Uh, it's very ridiculous. If you like, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, it's great. He pokes fun at himself throughout the whole thing. Uh, but it's like six episodes of half hour. My buddy came over and we binged it in a night. And it was, it was a fun time. 
if we're on uh, Amazon Prime, Red Oaks, you guys. I love Red Oaks. Red Oaks. Red Oaks. Just cool. started Worm Wormwood. Oh, that's the Errol Morris show, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It is very fucked up and great. <laughs> it's it's hard to binge. I've, I've watched two episodes, but I had to watch them in separate installments because it's so dark. Um, it's about how the CIA did secret, uh, secretly uh, drugged scientists in the 70s, LSD, uh, LSD and one of them uh, threw himself out the window. So, hey. But it's like mixed between documentary interviews and reenactments, yeah, yeah. and it's amazing. But it's like Peter Sarsgaard. Yes, it's yeah. Peter Sarsgaard <laughs> like reenacting. Ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe only one last question. Anyone? Uh, Grady's got a big oh, smile on her thanks. face. We'll do, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do two, we'll do two we'll last questions. Okay. Uh, I'm curious, uh, as a, as, either as a director or as a writer, how you start your day on set. Uh, basically, how you spend the first hour before you are setting up your first shot. Like, who are you talking to? Uh, what's going through your head? Great do you have question. a shot list or not shot list? Yeah. Uh, all three. All. What's your process? Uh, I spend I spend the first hour freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the right list? No. Uh, yeah. I mean, kind of going off that, not too far. Like. Um, it's it's a lot of it. I mean, I remember I was on hot date and I was walking around lunchtime with the DP and we wanted to chat about something. And from the walk from where we ate to where we were going, which was like one city block, five people stopped me and asked me a question. And various, uh, whether it be that episode, another episode we were doing, all sorts of people, all sorts of questions. And he was like, that's what they should show in film school, because that's like what it is. It's just being bombarded with questions. And so when I start out my day, some of the time it's it's not being away from people, and but it's putting myself in a spot where people know where I am. They could come over to me, but I could have a moment just to think and think about the day. Because often you show up on set, and especially with Hot Day, we have such an insane schedule. I started the day and I was already behind, and we haven't even gotten in yet. And so it was how do I, you know, how do I take what I wanted to do and still make it good because we have to get rid of three shots now or three setups now. So it's uh, putting myself, I guess, in a position where I'm uh, approachable and people could ask me questions, but also I have a moment to think and could just like look over kind of the, the run of the day, so to speak. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do, I mean, I do tons and tons of prep. I mean, I've, I have a binder full of just notes and blocking ideas and verbs to like, give intentions to actors. And I will obsess over all that. Like the night before, I'll, I'll rewrite it all. And then on, on, the de- on the morning of, I'll sit there, walk the sets, and see, does this make sense? Am I crazy? Is this going to work? Uh, this actor's going to hate this or whatever. And, and what I've come to realize is it's all so that I don't have to rely on those notes when the moment counts. Mm-hmm. Because like Matt said, you know, you're always behind from the moment you get to the set. You know, and, and you're going to have and some actors going to freak out or some lights going to blow and you're going to be behind schedule. And and this is one of the things that has really benefited me as an editor is like I can really hone into like where like what's the, the most minimal amount of shots to tell this story to do all the cuts. Now, you sure you want a nice, a nice smooth design. Sometimes you don't get that. Somebody's like, OK, master, close up, close up, done. We got to go. You know. But that I, I, do, I do just obsess and I freak out and I'm like, okay. So even when you're like on the 100 and you have like a few million dollars to shoot an episode, you're still running behind? Oh, yeah. All the time. All the time. And, you know, it's like, I don't know. Have you seen the, um, the Spielberg documentary on HBO? 
there was a, there was a moment in there that really sort of just gave me like I just sighed this deep breath of relief because he talked about like when he's on his his least um, successful movies are the ones when he walks on the set and goes I know exactly what I'm doing I know exactly where I'm going this this angle this done done he's like there's no inspiration he's like the movies when are the most inspired are the when I'm back into a corner I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do and everyone's throwing all these questions at me and then all of a sudden I'm in there and then inspiration strikes and that's how it is with me and I'm like oh maybe it's just because I'm you know You're still like relatively Spielberg. new you know. <laughs> Well, I mean, no, just kidding. Anyway, so I mean that, yeah. So it's it's a lot of freaking out, but then a lot of just like trying to make sure I have as many, you know, A plan, B plan, C plan, you know, escape routes as possible. Um, yeah, I think obviously my situation is a little different, but as a showrunner, and especially when I'm performing too, but uh, it's I try to like let go as much as I can and. I try to wake up earlier than I need to so I can have like a nice morning ritual and not be rushing out the door and expect that I expect that things will go wrong. I expect that there will be 10 fires when I get there. But if I try to like, I try to meditate before I go. Like, so if I'm in like a good headspace where I'm just like looking at the script and like getting into a a space where I feel good about what I'm doing and knowing that everything's going to fall apart, I feel okay facing that. There is like a level of of enjoying the day before you get to set, but yeah. also a level of like I just want, I like for me I just want to be in the middle of it. Yeah, I don't want to be like the the hour it takes to set up. I'm just like just let's get there because that's when you have time to think about everything and then you know not second guess but be like oh maybe we should do this but once you're in the middle of it you're in it and it's not like autopilot sets in because there's so much to do and so many problems but at least you know what those problems are and you're not like well this might happen or what if this talent shows up and they're having a bad day how am I going to deal with that it's like you're in it now you have to you know figure it out and having those plans help but it's like I don't know that's me at least but you know what also I found is that there's always something done wrong. It doesn't matter how much you communicate. And, it, and what I, I, at first, like, I, I didn't want to be the guy that like, micromanages everyone. I don't, I don't want to be that director. But if you don't do that, then something will go completely astray. Like you know, the, the props won't be set up right. They won't have the right prop there. Or the poster that, you, that you're going to start your whole shot on mm -hmm. is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so... I will just walk the set and I will just check in with everyone. Do you have this prop? Is this poster right? Is this all here? So that way, when we get shooting, you know, it's, it, you know, I try to put the fires out early. I've got something about the, uh, the very, very beginning of the day that uh, took me, my wife was like, oh, you should do this, stupid. Why? I don't know why you do this. And it's basically, there's two things. One, I make coffee and drink it on my drive to set. So I'm awake when I get there. And this is the real no-duh one. On, especially on a long slog, it's easy to kind of get there right after breakfast is kind of done and, like, the day's really going. Get there with enough time to eat breakfast before people are actually starting to their day. Then you get to eat. You get to, like, check in with people. You can have a conversation. You can do a little bit of that bonding that we're always kind of, like, missing out on. And then, uh, then you can get into it. And then you can be in the fray and, like, everything's going crazy. But, like... Enjoy a breakfast burrito, man. And um, can I tell you yeah. <laughs> that something I used to do that I don't do anymore? Um, and you know, I do a lot of short shoots, like one day shoots, two day shoots. I used to, like in the beginning of the day, try to meet everyone and learn every single person's name 
Like every single person on the set, like yeah. extras and crew and everything. I used to do a circle up. Yeah, and I would. Well, it's too. Touchy I'm not feely. the circle up type of person, but no one um, likes it. The, the, your grip is like, what the fuck? Are you I can doing? barely handle a safety meeting, yeah. but uh, the, um, but I stopped doing that because it's kind of like, you know, your job, like everyone's saying, is to get everyone through the day, and it's just you're just like wasting time when you're just like trying to remember everyone's name for no reason. Didn't it? You know? <laughs> the. Like well, you don't know that need to know the name of the DIT. The solve to yeah. that is Greta Gerwig, I believe, did on uh, um, her movie. They did uh, name tags, right. and each day would be their name, and then a different question. So your favorite type of food, where you grew up, and then not only does it allow you to learn people's name without wasting time, but also like, oh, I love spaghetti bolognese or whatever. You know, that's a weird example, but you know, like that's yeah, exactly. But yeah, you 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 have something to talk about. Yeah. So so many uh, couples Bird came out of that movie. Uh, that loved yeah. spaghetti bolognese. Yeah. <laughs> um, great. Well, let's get to our final question. Kate Grady of Adaptive Studios. Coming over. Hello. Um, so it's there's a lot of anxiety, obviously, in doing the jobs you guys do as directors. But is there a moment in the course of your careers that you guys can recall where you were able to step back and be like, I do a fucking awesome job. This is so cool. Is there like a moment that that you had could step away from the anxiety and the stress of the hustle of, of doing this. Yeah. I, I remember very distinctly on, uh, the go 90 thing that I just did. We had, it was a busy day. Everything's going crazy. Right. And there was a relatively emotional scene in a pretty emotion light nihilistic show that eventually you guys will see. Um, and I remember calling action and everyone shut up. Right. Like it's crazy, you know, circus, circus, circus. And then, oh, it's just a camera and an actor in a way like the volume shift was so dramatic that you don't really get that in life ever. Just everything dropped away. And that uh, was super special. I remember that very clearly. Yeah, I get it all the time. I feel like I get that when I see like an amazing like the first time I had a real steady cam, I was like, what? Yeah, uh, like the first celebrity I worked with was Fran Drescher, and I was like, "Fran Drescher is here, the like, nanny." Yeah, like, um, so I have that all the time. But you, I think, you know, you get that high also between jobs when you get the job. When like, hey, they chose you, or they're greenlighting your thing, or like, to me, that's some of the highest highs is like the anticipate or the validation, you know, that someone wants you to work with them. Um, and, you know, I think when you're on set, it can get really stressful. But I don't know. I mean, we all, it's not easy. So I feel like we all do it because of that high you get from, from thinking this is awesome, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. I think to go off the high thing, I think it's like when you get the job, well, when you get an email that there's a potential gig, that's a high. When you get the job, that's a high. And when you're able to show people it, that's a high. Uh, in between that, it's just a ton of work. Uh, and it's, I, it's an awesome job and I love the work. It's, it's hard because I think we're all creative people. We all know it's a give and take. So you could be doing really well and then you, you know, have a, a dry spell. So it's like, even when you want to be able to like sit back and be like, this is great. It's, you're afraid to give yourself that, uh, to allow yourself to do that. Cause you're like, well, I need to book the next gig or I need to be writing. So it's, it takes it, it doesn't happen a lot, but every now and again, it's like, yeah, this is this is awesome, and I'll think I'll be I'll literally say to myself like, it doesn't make sense why I get to do this, but I'm very happy and fortunate that I do, 
but then it's like a minute later I'm like okay but like I gotta get my website updated so let me do that you know it's just like immediately goes away so you you do allow yourself a little bit of that but that we all have goals I want to be making you know movies and I'm not doing that right now so it's like I can't just sit there and be like you know kick my feet up for too long I guess is what I'm saying yeah, yeah I think for I think for me like uh, with all that but on top of it is when you actually when I actually connect with the crew and the cast in, in a very special way because there's there's been shows where like I don't connect with anyone and I mean the show still still turns out good but I'm just always on my heels but there was I was working on the, I was directing the show Colt it was a little weird show that got canceled but the I mean the actors were having a hard time with the direction of the scripts and the the crew was a little like tired everyone was just grumpy as fuck right and you know, I, and I was able to like, I did this practical joke on set. I'm not, and I'm not the, I'm not the practical joke guy. You know, I mean, I, I like to be the guy that's does the right thing for the right crew. But it was the right thing. It was just all the tension went out. The actors like finally relaxed, and I realized, oh my god, this is this can be fun. This should be fun. We should be having fun on set. And then the rest of the shoot was like a breeze. You know, and so when you have those moments where you're like, you know exactly what you need to do, you're just present, you know, meditate more, and then you do the thing that just works. It's like, oh my God, I can do this. Awesome. Well, oh. Melissa will give us the final yeah. answer. Um, I think, you know, there, there have been a lot of moments where I think, you know, we're all so hard on ourselves, and I feel like we never feel like we're doing enough or that we can't that we can't do this thing and I feel like um for me I think the the first one that I really felt was um when I I did one season of Adult Wednesday Adams and it went pretty well and then I did a crowdfunding and I'd never done a crowdfunding thing before and I was really like like I felt insecure about doing it and putting myself out there in that way and this is a brag, but it like within six hours, it reached its funding. And it was all from the fans of the show. And it, was, it wasn't from my friends, it wasn't from my family. And it like, I just sat there and cried. Like I was so, like it was like, uh, oh, people actually want me to make this thing not because they feel bad for me, but because they want, they want the thing. Instead of a Christmas <clears throat> present from your yeah, aunt. Exactly, yeah. and I was like, wow, they really want this thing. And it was such, it, it made me feel so overwhelmed with gratitude in that moment. Uh, one thing I would wanna say that I don't think it's said enough is, uh, and I kind of skirted over it, but like celebrate the wins. Mm -hmm. So like, no matter how small the win is, just celebrate it just enough to be able to take it in. Because it's very easy, and I do it, we all do it, to do something, be happy you did it, and then look to the next thing without having a moment of like, hey, I booked this gig, it went great, it came out great, that's awesome. Or I shot a short and it, it turned out well. Or honestly, like everyone in this room should know, like just straight up shooting a short is amazing. I haven't shot my own short in like probably four or five years. And uh, it's it's both a good thing because I'm working, but it's a bad thing because I haven't had my own voice out there in a very long time. So you guys are doing it on your own, and that's it should be applauded. Uh, and even though we're not, none of us here in this room are where we want to be. We're all working towards it, but along the way, there are like little things that we could be celebrating throughout it. 
Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of our listeners are busy constantly getting offered jobs, too. They're not all just shooting shorts all the time. Sure. Pollock. It's true. <laughs> um, thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for coming. Just Shoot It Live. Thanks, guys. All right. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.